If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. But let me explain. It is free, people. They have creative tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, which will make your life a lot easier. And this way it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many other apps that play podcasts. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just go to the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm online to get started and you can thank me later. world with your host here net boy and doc hope you're having a great one i'm having a great day net what about you my friend everything is good let's just say this is black history month and we said we wanted to give everyone a hidden figure so today i wanted to bring up absalom boston he um led the nantucket abolitionist movement and was the founding trustee of nantucket's african baptist society his claim to fame however was that he was the first african-american captain to sail a whale ship in 1822 his ship the industry went on a six-month voyage where he returned with 70 barrels of whale oil and with his entire crew intact. So I just wanted to mention him for Black History Month, our hidden figure. Okay, man, that's a good ad. We have a, we had a big week. It seems like every week lately has become a very big week. Okay, Sessions has been, he's our attorney general now. Elizabeth Warren um, tried to read uh, Claretta Scott King's letter and the Senate shut her down and actually told her she can't speak again until this, uh, you know, I guess she could speak now because he's actually not been nominated, but he's been appointed. Yeah, they actually, even though they shut her down, but I actually think that they caused more media coverage to happen because then by by them hushing her up, the media jumped on it and it was broadcast on every network and the letter. that Coretta Scott King wrote in 1986. Yeah, I, I, I would guarantee you that uh, several million people who had never knew this letter existed actually went and read it. I read it myself. And like I said, it's, you know, you had this divorce, Bessie divorce. You're, you're, you're a father of a school-aged child, so she seems to, she would affect you more than she would affect me being the Secretary of Education. You know, and yeah. it was weird that Pence had to, uh, what? He had to step in and be the deciding vote as the Vice President. That hadn't happened in, like, since Nixon. Yeah, I don't understand how, I mean, I do understand because I, I look back and she actually gave money to, well, her family actually gave money to 22 out of the 52 Republican Senate. There was no way in hell. They, they had contributions from like $98,000 to about 36000 that they gave these people. So I don't really understand how they could um, put her in this position, especially when she had no experience whatsoever. Well, you know what it is? What is it? Her father is the 80th wealthiest man in America. Yeah. You know, her brother is a Navy SEAL who created that Blackwater, that, 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 that military service contractor that's over in the Middle East doing their thing. Yeah. And the funny thing about her is she donated to Jeb Bush and actually said that Trump was not a legitimate candidate and didn't she back Marco Rubio 
where she actually brought her way into this job. But I, from what I hear, as far as like philanthropy goes, she's big on that. But I don't really know how this charter school thing affects children. You know what I mean? Well, little the, kids. I, from, from the coverage that I've read that is that they have 98% of American kids is in public school. Now, she is a charter school advocate, but charter schools will take away funds from the public school. Okay. So, so it, it's, it's a kind of dicey thing, but I know a lot of people, especially in New York, love their charter schools. But charter schools also doesn't help um, kids that learn at a slower pace. They don't help kids that um, disabled kids or mentally challenged kids so there, there is a problem and they only select they work on a lottery so they don't select everyone in that zip code so if they have a lottery of 500 kids they only could take 200 what happens to those other 300 kids okay those are i guess that's what the state or the the, the lottery deems as the throwaways more than likely so they're taking what they consider to be the elite kids i mean how are they grading this on uh Actually, it's, it's it's not the elite kids. They they just throw everybody names in a hat, and you they they pick the kids out of a hat basically. It's, oh, it's so basically it's like a full lottery, like a real lottery. Draw yes. the luck. Yes, okay. but there's no a lot of these uh, charter schools. Their teachers aren't in unions, so their teachers are allowed. You might have the one teacher next year, and that teacher might be gone the following year. And I kind of believe I kind of like that when you enter a school and there's a seasoned teacher there that's been teaching in that school for a long period of time. Oh yeah, with tenure and it means something. It's just where this person might retire. Yeah, these are their I mean children. I agree that I agree that there's problems inside the teachers' union, but I would rather see that fixed than having charter schools forced down our throats and taking away money from the, the public. Okay. Oh, you know what? That uh, Bessie DeVoice, who's now the, uh, I guess it's the Secretary of uh, Education, her father-in-law owns the Orlando Magic also. Oh, okay. he, he owns the Orlando Magic. That's how they could afford that. At Amway. Yeah, he co-founded Amway. He's worth like $5.1 billion. I just you know? don't understand. How do you tell your kids that they have to work hard to become what they want in life, but then you have people buying their way into these positions? Well, you know, this is a different kind of cabinet this guy's putting together that we've never seen. Like, okay, this Spicer guy, I just found out that he's a naval uh, he's a naval officer. I'm, I'm shocked. He's one of the worst speakers that I've ever heard speak. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, the secretary of, like, information, and the dude, you know, there was rumors out this week that Trump was looking to actually replace him because even they have to admit he's pretty bad yeah he's uh, he i feel like i i think the guy i said it as soon as he mentioned that i was like this guy's not gonna last too long but i thought that he wouldn't last because he wasn't gonna agree with trump he's gonna get tired of trump and he'll send in his uh, resignation yeah you know what it is man when you can look in the mirror and you're soulless you look in the mirror and you're soulless and you don't see nothing back because he, if trump takes a dump and throws it at the audience he would find a way to say that the audience, in fact, wanted that dump thrown at him. That's I how mean, I feel about Kellyanne Conway. He surrounds himself with these type of people. You know, I know we, we, we're being pretty political, but right now in the world, because this is our world, we have to deal with these subjects. You know what I mean? Is these are guaranteed? Like, okay, down here, we got this house bill, too, in North Carolina, which most people call the bathroom law. I don't know. Does it affect, does it have any effect at all in New York City? No, not at all. Okay, well, we just, okay, this thing went into effect. We have this ex- uh, Ex-governor McCory, he got voted out this last election, right? In North Carolina last year, we had all these artists. This is not like a huge state where you got like New York or California, Chicago, like that type of thing, where people roll through town all the time. Every major artist who came to town canceled their concerts last year because of this. Yeah, Everybody. North, North Carolina lost a lot of money behind this bill. Well, this week, the NCAA just said for the next six years, no championship tournaments in the state of North Carolina. Oh, wow. 
Oh, this wow. is a college. This is a college state. Everything about this state is revolves around historically black colleges and then regular universities. You take the college life out of this place, it's a dead. It's just you know, you might as well just have cows and and shit like that because that's basically what it was what it is, you know? I mean, I live very close to North Carolina State, and that's also like the big arena for concerts. Every time that you, you want to line up, say, you know, I'll go see these people, cancel. See this act, cancel. We're not coming to North Carolina, cancel. And now, they just lost the All-Star game as well. Yeah, well, we, right. We lost the NBA All-Star game, which should have been here this February. I believe it's in New Orleans. Yeah, next week. Yeah, but that should have been in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Now, I think they allowing it to come back in 2019. But now, 2019, you got an older LeBron, you got an old, you know, you know, everybody that's younger today is going to be older in two years. So it's it's it's, it's killer, you know. It's a it's a state killer as far as finances. Uh, you know, it really bothers me. But oh, what you said, you guys have a new governor. Is he for the bill or? But you know what? The way that the House is set up right now, anything that the Republicans want, they seem to be able to just. They are stone cold stunning the Democrats right now. And the Democrats are rolling over and saying, how deep do you want to put it? We will bend over far enough for you to do whatever you want. We're going to bow down. It's it's kind of amazing that the Democrats seem to be so powerless lately. Yeah, but they also I feel like they're pansies. They don't. They don't. I feel like they don't stand up for what they believe in. It's like whatever. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna vote and nothing's gonna happen. I'm like, I'm like, dude, shut up. Just just have some balls. Grow a pair of balls. The Republicans. One thing I must say had so much balls when Obama was in office that he had trouble getting through. It's like the Democrats have no have no balls. Yeah, you know what? That that brings up a point to me. I'm watching something today on TV. Over in South Africa, there's a party that hates the president. Say, like a party that would have hated Obama. Mm-hmm. They had a full brawl in what you would call their parliament. You got to Google this thing. A full brawl. I'm talking 40 people on one side, 50 people on the other side, punches thrown. And you know why? Because they couldn't stand what the president had to say. And the guy got on the news and he said, listen... We well, what we'll be able to tell our kids that at least we tried to fight a tyrant face to face, and that brings me back to ah, they just roll over because you know what? It's kind of like a rich old boy society they got going on up there, and they don't want to mess with the people that's going to be paying them when they get out of office. That's the whole bottom line. I've always said nothing's going to change until these old people, majority white. Get out of office. Nothing is going to be able to change in this country until we get some fresh blood in the in in in, in, the, in the Senate and the Congress. Yeah, yeah, it, the House. It, it, it's a have to be done situation. But you know what? People have got to go to the polls. They these politics is so dirty that people just kind of just go whatever. They, whatever, they don't know 90% of the people that's running for office when you get that, like say this last election, if it was in New York like it was here, 
the ballot sheet looked like it was like a receipt that you get at CVS. It went on forever, <laughs> man. Forever. You don't know all these judges and little people. I mean, unless that's all your life is, you know, revolves around, you don't know these people. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, we need. I think we also need to change our election process. Change the date from a Tuesday, maybe to a weekend. Yeah, well, everybody. Yeah, a Saturday. You know, I, there's just so much bad going on. You know, it's not just uh, politics. It's like, you know, you got a daughter going to Baylor University. If I had a daughter going to Baylor University, I pull her from the school, man. You know that what's going the, on there? Is that the is that with the sexual uh, cover up of rapes? Fifty two rapes in four years. Yes. Yeah. Five yeah. gang rapes. It seems like that's been happening a lot on several college campuses, and they keep it quiet because they don't want to lose their funding. You know, and but it, it, it's 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 and it's a conspiracy, and it's criminal at the highest level when people in authority know they keep hearing say they keep hearing player X's name come up and sexual assaults, and they instead of saying we're going to do a real internal investigation and bring somebody in to do it for you. They just blow it off and say, okay, well, the girl's wrong. I mean, damn, these are these are people's daughters. And these men, more than likely, are fathers of daughters. Yep. And they, they just cover it up. And all they, they try to blame the women. A lot of these schools have this rape culture. We had it here, um, I think it was last year or the year before, this girl. I forgot what school she went to. It was either NYU or Columbia. And she claimed that she was, well, she said that she was raped. And the school didn't do anything. So the, her whole, uh, the rest of her time at that school, she walked around with a mattress. Yeah, yes. The, she, she made national news with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's something with these universities. They, they don't want to admit to this type of things that's happening on their campus, which is a shame. Me personally, as far as sports, I hate to do this to the, to the innocent athletes, but the whole Baylor program must be shut down. They should not be allowed. I mean, we're talking death penalty. When I mean death penalty, that means no football at all. Because this is not the lacrosse players. This ain't the volleyball players. This is the football team. No coaches should be allowed to be making buku cash, millions of dollars, and nobody should be signing letters. An innocent kid, if you're going to Baylor, and I, as far as I know, Baylor is supposed to be a pseudo-religious university, and that's the killer. Yeah. This is not this is not Miami U, you know, with wild ass Miami Hurricanes. This is supposed to be a religious uh, college in Texas, you know. Yeah. I also think these kids should be able to see if you're planning on going to the school, you have the option not to. Yeah, a matter of fact, like I said, I got a 19 year old daughter who's going to Baylor. She loves Baylor. She loves the color. She loves her sorority. She loves the campus. I'm pulling rank. You no longer going to Baylor. We are transferring your ass to some. I don't care if it's the rival hated school. I couldn't sleep at night knowing my daughter was going to Baylor with this type of activity going on. Yeah, so you just said one thing that just spawned in my head. How do you feel about like fraternities and sororities? Because sometimes they have a form of culture that's similar to to what's happening with these football teams and stuff. It's, it's ironic you asked me that, and it's just totally he. T- people he caught me totally off guard so there's nothing about this fake i went to my dentist yesterday my dentist is a kappa 
So we, we're talking about fraternal organization. I went to NYU. You couldn't really pledge a fraternity that I wanted to pledge at NYU. Okay. The guys that could pledge you at NYU with my time were Sigmas, and they came from, um, what is that college on 68th Street? Uh, what the hell is the name? Hunter. Hunter. Hunter College, yeah. Okay, so I knew that guys from Hunter would abuse us because we were from NYU. So they would think that we were some kind of uppity. Oh, and I'm not into being a bright. <laughs> and so they wouldn't look at us as like peers. They would try to abuse me. So that was a no-no. I might have pledged if they went to the same school. But oh, because yeah. they went to what they, in their minds, considered a lesser school, they would try to take it out on me. Now, what he shocked me with, he told me, he's 47. This guy pledged maybe 25 years ago. And he still, when they get together, he still gets hit. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> See, my, my thing is this. You're my brother, right? Yep. You love me. You never, you're never going to physically abuse me. I don't give yep, a damn right. what the rules, the laws state that you should. You would never want to bring harm to your brother. So, I'm, you know what? If people feel that that's what they need, it's not built in me to need to be a part of an organization that the only way that I get in the door is that I get my ass kicked. Yeah, I also would like to speak to someone that put like the, you know how they get branded or... Oh, he's branded. Yeah, I, I, would, like, I would like to speak to someone like that because I would like, what makes you want to get branded? I, I, especially if you're black. Why would you want someone to brand an emblem or symbol on your person? Yeah, well, you know, the, uh, you know I guess some part of it is you want to have that tag when you go out. You have to think about it as young men. This type of thing attracts young women. So I would rather at, get a tattoo than get branded. Well, you want to know something funny? He told me that he would never get a tattoo. He thinks of them too painful. He said this was bing, bang, boom, and it was over. But you have to think about it. If he's at a beach or somewhere, and he's walking around with that, and black young women would know what that is, all of a sudden, he's a big shot. He becomes like, you know, somebody like, hey, he's even if he looks like shit... He's uh, he's got something going on, because I had a, all the people from my block. I don't know about your block. The people from my block used to go crazy when Greek Week came, <laughs> and then ninety nine percent of them were not in frats nor sororities, but they would take their ass out to Jones Beach to go to that Greek fest that would end every year in like crazy violence. Oh my God, no, I'm not familiar, but. I just don't see how people can let someone brand them. No, no, no. This that's not my type of ball game. It's not something I, I even have slightly, or as they would say, GDI, goddamn independent. You don't give me my colors. You don't give me my viewpoint. You don't make my code for me. I have my own code. Yeah, I think I my code tell is me good what enough. I have to wear. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not into that. You know, and I'm not gonna. I didn't go to college for you to starve me for three weeks. While I'm out in the woods doing whatever. Yeah, I went to Baruch. We had a we had a guy in in a fraternity that they uh what do they call it when they are signing up for the like Hell Week or something when they're pledging? Yeah, pledging and Hell Week. They went out to the Poconos and they I guess they tied his arms or something and they pushed him and he hit his head and he, the kid ended up dying, but no one called the cops for like several hours. Yeah, because you got to get the story together, my friend. You got to get that story. You know, but but I'm, I'm no, I'm not against it, 
but it's not something for me. I, I always have to be able to look in the mirror. Everything I do. And I'm not yeah, going to have some dude saying, you know what? Remember when I used to kick your ass back in 84 and you used to have to say, I'll give it to me again? No, you won't <laughs> say that to me. I tell people all the time, that was one of the reasons why I couldn't, I, I thought about going to the military, but I just couldn't have so, you know, when they, when, um, when you first recruit, you got to go through the, what do they call it? It's called boot camp, my friend. Boot camp, yeah, you got to go through boot camp and they're yelling at you and, I literally stood in front of Marines office for like two hours, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this. But see, there's a way around that. Having went through boot myself, there's a way around that. Don't be the dickhead. Uh. <laughs> okay? Think about it. it. You start out with 82 guys from all over, and I mean all over. Some of them are going to be slow, and I'm not talking slow making fun of anybody mental. I'm talking about just stupid. <laughs> just out and out stupid. They show you how to make a bed 500 times, they still can't get it. You got guys who go in there overweight, they can't run a mile. So you go in and you shine. I shined. Okay. I was in the peak physical condition of my life, so I was in charge of uh, what we call PT, physical training. Any, I could outdo push-ups of anybody. I could outrun anybody. I was a boxer. This was like right up my alley. I said, this is where I'm going to be. This is exactly what I could do. You might be able to outmarch me, but you, you can't outpush. We could have a push-up contest. If you could do 75, I could do 90. <laughs> so, no, you, not even 76. You just going to go straight to no, 90. No, no, no. Blow you out. I mean, because you would compete <laughs> against the other companies. And okay. when I did this, I became a favorite of my uh, company commander. So it, okay. I had no issues. It was not boot that got me. It was actually being in the United States Navy that sucked. All right. Being one of the few black faces that I seen on a daily basis, it bothered me. And I didn't realize that. But walking around and not seeing anybody that you could like break it down with and just say, hey, I want to talk for five minutes about something that you can relate to yeah I, I agree i had that um when we was looking for schools for my daughter we took her to a private school and i want to say this private school was about 97 percent white and i'm sitting there and i'm looking at the kindergarten class and i'm like i don't think this is gonna work she'll be the only brown face in this class potentially I was just like, nah, I can't do this. I have to try to find another school that's good, that's just more diverse. Nothing wrong with that. You know what? That that you, you talked about fraternities, so we have to talk about the other thing. You have fraternities, now you have historically black colleges. Oh, the HBUs, yeah. Now, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 20s, 30s, and teens, 100%, 5 gazillion percent behind it 90s 2000s and beyond 2010s i'm not so supportive and i'll tell you why not to say that they shouldn't be open but the reason i don't say i support them as much you take a black kid from a black neighborhood and if your neighborhood was like my neighborhood junior high school public school and high school i only went to school with my people now I'm going to do that and go to college with only my people? 
So that would mean that I'm now about 22, 23, and I have never really commingled with other nationalities. Yeah. Uh, now I'm going to go, yeah. go into the workforce and really don't have those coping mechanisms that I'm going to need in the real world. I think college age is when you need to start blending with other nationalities of people to get those coping skills that you're going to need later on when you're in the office and you don't understand Jane from the uh, suburbs. Yeah, I agree. I was I was lucky. Uh, elementary school was predominantly black. Junior high school was predominantly Spanish. And high school was a mix a mixture between black, Spanish, and Asians. So I kind of had it, and then I started working at, like in the office when I was like 16. So then that became, I was working around a lot of white people. So I, was, I felt like I was pretty well-rounded when it came to um, working with people from outside of my realm or what I was accustomed to. People always used to tease me, hey, you only have Spanish friends or you only hang with a white person or... And I'm like, dude, I have friends of all, all races. It's, I, I I actually appreciate it that way because you you, it gives you a chance to think outside the box sometimes too. Yeah, you got to You got it. You have to be diverse in life, man, because you're gonna take some stuff from them. Take, I mean, damn. If think about it, if if I never worked out on Wall Street with all my Irish buddies, I would have never picked up golf. Golf has been a steady love of my life for the last 25 years. It's one yeah. of the greatest things that I enjoy doing. Period. But I think, you know, I'm so glad that I had the experience. Okay, I had that Navy experience. Basically, a white world. I lived in Utah, a white world. <laughs> You're not going to get any bigger white world than Utah, basically, other than the Dakotas. I actually, after I finished high school, I lived for 18 months in Utah. Wait, in the, in the you said the Navy you was in? Yes. So how did you go to the bathroom? What's your bathroom situation? Uh, you know what? Back then, you see, that's a forced situation. That's like being in prison. You don't have a choice. Oh, okay. You get it? When, when, when the choices are off the table, you're going to you're gonna cope and you're going to survive. I mean, you know, like when I was in camp and I had that 14-day experience of not using the bathroom, I knew eventually I would get home. I just didn't know I would get so sick. <laughs> but, you know, you don't have that option when you're on a six-month cruise. You don't have that. Those options don't exist. you got to be like, you know what? I got to go. I got to go. But you, you you learn to hide and go seek. Right. Remember I told you I was, a, I was a favorite of my company commander. I used to actually have the right to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning when everybody else was laying in bed so I could use the bathroom. You're not even supposed to be up and moving. So I explained my situation. I've never been shy. Here's the funny thing. I've always been shy about using the bathroom, but I've never been shy about explaining my situation. Okay. Because if it's something that can be worked out. I, I love my in-laws, right? When we, me and my wife used to first go see my in-laws, we used to stay at the house. And then after coming home three times, from staying at their house four or five days sick, I was like, you know what? We can, I can love them all day. We get in hotel rooms from now on. <laughs> I can't do this no more. <laughs> you know, we had our own bathroom, but it wasn't good enough. It was just the fact that she could walk by the door 
Like, okay, there it is. That's, you know, one time what really got me is I decided not to go on an outing with everybody so I could just use the bathroom. I mean, damn, I'm cutting myself short from use, going on out, outings just to stay home to use the bathroom. <laughs> and they had the nerve to come back before I was done. It was like the worst experience, you know. You almost falling over your own pants. I'm mean, like, I can't do this no more. <laughs> and it's kind of, it's not the easiest thing to tell your wife. Let's not stay at your mother's house anymore. Let's get a hotel room instead because now everybody's thinking they feeling offended. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, you uh, I, you know like I said, hey, you know why I'm doing this? Because I can't go to the goddamn bathroom. You're pumping me up with food, and I can't get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> I totally understand that now. Yeah. Okay, well, you know what, man? I know you seen Oakley yesterday. What do you think about what happened with Oak and the Knicks? Uh, before I give my opinion, it's actually we had uh, someone online give their opinion, so I would like to read their opinion before I get into how I felt about it. Shoot, that sounds interesting to me. So this person's name is Salito. It was on Instagram. And it was like, well, I think the New York Knicks hit it even hit a new low. Oakley is paying ticket holder. And just because Dolan didn't like to hear the truth, he kicked him out. And to me, that was abuse of power. Now, I don't know really what happened before the tape came on when... The recording I saw, it looked like Oakley was sitting there until the security guards came, and that's when he got crazy. I think Oakley's a, Oakley's a special case. Um, a few, either last week or the week before, he threatened Charles Barkley. So I'm like, he's still in this mentality as if he's a young player in the league where he just want to get up and fight everybody. So I don't know who was actually right or wrong in that situation. Well, you How did you know- feel about it? Oakley's been threatened. That's nothing new. Oakley's been threatening Barkley since like the early 90s. So that's old news. Now, here's my thing. I think Dolan is a piece of crap. The way he's running the Knicks is horrible. They were the team. It was hard for me to say this. The Knicks were my original, original basketball team. But 25 years ago, I got smart. I gave up on them because I knew that nothing would ever change. Now, how you deal with a legend is this. I thought about this now for over a day. There's a thing called halftime. You send a representative over there to Oakley and say, listen, this is Jim Dolan. Me and Phil would like to see you up in the owner's box. Oh, yeah. And when you get to the owner's box, you let them know, I have security outside the door if you flip out. It's going to be totally on you. Now, you can scream, holler, and cuss all you want, but if your big ass gets physical and you scare me, we will have you arrested. Now, Oakley, this is not the time or the place. If you felt that he was out of line, you tell him. If you're a man, you tell him. I mean, even though Oakley's, in, you know, he's imposing. Yeah, he's, Tell him, he's, but he's a man's a man. Even at his age now, so. Yeah, and he looks like he's in fantastic shape. So you tell him, and you say, you know what? You won't be welcome here if this is the way you're going to conduct. Now, you can go to the media, NBA channel, and all these other places, and dog me out all you want. That's the American way, right? Yeah. You're not going to do it in my arena. No, but you're not going to do it loudly with cussing and carrying on, because three rows behind you could be little Johnny. 
who's four years old, they don't need to hear that. But you yeah. treat your leg. The Knicks are not treating their legends well. I mean, think about it. Have they ever really treated Patrick Ewing with any dignity or respect since he's been gone? Patrick Ewing has been shitted on ever since they traded him to, I think, Washington, I think. Yeah, wherever I mean. He, wherever he went, I'm like, uh, that man has been shitted on over and over and over again. I don't know if it's something he did in his playing career, but it seems like the Knicks and a lot of organizations don't have, want to have any dealings with Patrick Ewing. But I'm going to tell you what, man, you don't, the one person you cannot talk to, you really can't talk to them and get anything wise or, or objective is Nick fans. Nick fans are on the Kool-Aid deep. That shit oh, yeah, is yeah. deep in their skin. I mean, this, this, is, this is how I learned that there's so, a problem with Nick fans. I'm a Bulls fan. When we had Derrick Rose and Derrick Rose went out with his two knee injuries, oh, Derrick Rose is injury prone. He can't play a full season. As soon as he got sent to the Knicks, oh, we're going to be great this year. I'm like, what the fuck just happened since last year? Y'all, y'all just said this man was done. He's injury prone. And now all of a sudden, y'all on Derrick Rose bandwagon. See, those are the people that Trump was talking about. I can go shoot somebody on Fifth <laughs> Avenue and you still vote for me. That's the Nick. The, Dolan t- says every year, I can give y'all shit. Basically, for 40. Let me see. 1973. We're going on 40 four years of no titles in New York out of the Knicks. I and really think that oh, that, ahead, place, that place stays packed every game. Yeah, I believe the Knicks' problem was, I believe that they could have been better. Their problem was they never wanted to fix their team through the draft. They always went for the quick fix. And when they got Carmelo Anthony, they gave away too much. So it's, it's been costing them ever since that trade with Carmelo Anthony, before Carmelo Anthony. And you they gave away too much. Carmelo Anthony is Robin. Carmelo Anthony is not Batman. Only Nick fans think that Carmelo is Batman. He is Robin. He needs a Batman. But he's a Scottie Pippen. Yes. That, okay, i tell you what. And I'm not saying today. Two years ago, him with LeBron. Two years ago, if he would have still had that last year with Noah and Rose before Noah just fell off of the whole earth. It's like Noah forgot that he could even play basketball. Yeah, I don't know what the hell happened to Noah. You know, uh, actually, no, uh, Noah's a nice guy. He's to run into this dude in Central Park jogging. Real nice guy. He speaks to you. Big giant man. You know, but nice. You know, he's a New Yorker. It seemed like, what, about two years ago, he came fourth in the MVP. So that meant he was balling. Yeah, he was averaging like a double-double with some block shots and some assists. And so. then he got that injury, and then the next injury. Actually, for a dude to be collecting $72 million, and he has, I look at the uh, box scores, he has a lot of nights of zero points. A lot. I mean, he has had, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say at least 10 nights this season out of 50 games, zero points. That is this crazy. Is, this is exactly what, why I told people about Tom Thibodeau. I said, Tom Thibodeau will have you play four full quarters a night. So 
I felt like the guys that was on the team, he was overusing them. So they get they they get twenty eight, twenty seven. It's like their their game just diminishes. It's happened with a, a few plays that Thibodeau has coached so far. Yeah, uh, you know, where is he? Is he in Minnesota right now? He's in Minnesota. Yeah. Okay, he just uh, oh man, I feel bad. Jabari Parker, this guy's snake bit man. This there's always a super talented kid. And this is why I tell people in sports fans, and this is directly for sports fans. Stop saying like guarantees and not take into consideration that even though these guys are the prime of their lives, that at a drop of a hat, a vile injury could happen and turn their whole career upside down. Nobody takes it. You know, we look at Steph Curry and, and Durant and people already got them winning the title. We don't know if two ankles can go. Yeah, and it could be the wrong two ankles. You know what? Wait till you get there. Then make your prediction. But in this, we only in February, and championships not to June, and you already giving them the title, not knowing who knee could blow. I'm not putting yeah. that on anybody. But that shit happened. Think about it. The Oakland Raiders knew they were going to the Super Bowl. Derek Carr went down. Yeah, blew their whole season. Season over. Hey man, what did you think? And I know you've seen this video. What did you think about Mr. George Lopez? Uh, let me just, let me explain it to the people that uh, may have not seen the video. Okay. So, um, George Lopez was doing his show, his stand-up comedy. In the comedy, he gave this joke. There are only two rules in a Latino family. Don't marry somebody black and don't park in front of our house. And he got laughs. The joke, he got laughs. But a lady stood up in the audience and flipped him the bird, and then Lopez responded by saying, sit your fucking ass down. I'm talking, I'm talking, bitch. Sit your fucking ass down. You paid to see a show, so sit your fucking ass down. You can't take a joke. You're in the wrong motherfucking place. He got all this backlash about him being racist and stuff like that. Now, I've been to a few George Lopez shows, and this is really nothing new. I, I think what got him was him calling her a bitch that a lot of people were complaining about. But I feel like when you're in the when you're in when the comedian's on stage and you're in the audience, he has to control the room. So if it's one audience member who gets out of place, that comedian has to respond. And I felt like he did that. Me personally, the jokes I have no problem with. Racist humor, sexist humor, homophobic humor in a comedy setting is fine. There is a, it's impossible for me to be a black man who's been a fan of Eddie, Richard Pryor, uh, Red Fox, Chris Rock, and find fault with anything like that. It's impossible. My fault is this. George Lopez is a seasoned, I say, at the least 20-year vet. Yeah, and the best that, that he could come back with was a bunch of bitches to a heckler. He could, you know what, I've seen D.L. Hughley, who I don't consider a stand-up comedian. D.L. Hughley is a ranker. Yeah. And if you don't know what ranking is, people, that's when two guys or a group of guys get together and they pick each other apart by looking at something, talking about your mother, uh, your shoes, your hair, blue, blue, blue. DL can pick you apart. He's a professional ranker. 
or dozens player. George Lopez has got to have shit in his bag of tricks that he don't even use that he could use on an audience member without sounding so angry. It's like she threw him off his game because the thing was that he went on like this for about three minutes, even though it seemed to be over. Yeah, he ain't kicked out. Yeah, he was on a rant. I mean, like he was taking out some frustrations from another woman on this woman. <laughs> I, I just think that you got to have a little bit more in your in your arsenal as a stand-up comedian. Yeah, I, I mean, agree, but I don't think the, 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 they, they was coming at him as being racist. No, no, like, no, no. See, I, I'm not even going to go there. I think, that, I think that a white man, a Chinese man, an Indian man uh, can call a black woman a bitch if it's warranted. You know, just like a black man could call any of those nationality women a bitch if it's warranted. In that setting, you're dealing with a stand-up comedian who you're not at, like, a Christian comedy show. Yeah, and he didn't say, sit down, you black bitch. Now, right. that would have been a whole different... That's a, now, that's different. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's different. It's, when, you, when you go into the stereotype, when you add it in, he's targeting her. Because she disrupted his flow. I understand that. Like I said, I, I, I got no problem with George. Uh, my problem with George was I thought for a dude who does this for a living, it was a weak comeback. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he has, I don't think he's like the, at the deal where he could go on the audience like that. Matter of fact, I've seen D.O. Hughley not do what I would call an act on stage, just rip. Audience members. Yeah, just rip audience members. Yeah, Twenty I, minutes I, of ripping audience he, members. I think he did most of that in his Kings of Comedy stand-up. Matter of fact, he that's why he on that particular night he was the worst comedian of the bunch. Yeah, because he went for the audience instead of telling jokes. I've seen right. DL do both, and he's been fine. But I, I think I don't think it's every comedian's cup of tea. I don't think every comedian could get up there and a fan, well, someone in the audience say something and they could just jones them yeah well I'll put it to you this way people are no off reputation alone you don't pull that shit if DL can see you yeah yeah he's not but DL you know, did send a tweet for George Lopez that I read and he was like you you calling George Lopez a racist but uh, do the research and figure out who actually put in the most a lot of money for the Richard Price statue and who set up the proceeds when they did the free concert in uh, Flint, Michigan. Then he said, basically, like, get back at me when y'all do the research. You know what? Like I said, I, the George Lopez races, just because somebody calls a woman of color bitch does not automatically put a white hood on their head. It's just, it, it just you know what? We Sometimes we got to balance things out and say what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And everybody's people, that's the problem. Nobody thinks that their people can be wrong. Yeah, I agree. It's, it, 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 it's a bad situation. I don't understand how people... I think right now we're living in a type of culture where with all this social media. Everything that someone says is taken out of context. They want everyone to apologize for something that they said. I actually applaud comedians that won't apologize for what they said. I remember a couple of years ago, Tracy Morgan said something about his son having retard strength. And... People was up in arms. How could you say that? <laughs> and he, he actually apologized. But when he tried to explain to people, when you come into my show, you're not getting 
Tracy Jordan, which was his character from um, 30 that Rock. show. Yeah, from 30 Rock. He said, you, when you come to my show, you paying to see Tracy Morgan, so don't get the two confused. But then I'm like, you can't give an apology for that because you're no. up there on the stage, and comedy is something you shouldn't apologize for. You know what? I'm, I, I was told to not say this joke, so I will not say this joke, but I know the filthiest joke on the planet. And it's such a vile joke. I find it funny, but I know nobody else finds it funny. And <laughs> that's the way humor is. Some things that are that could make somebody else cry, that's what comedians do. They are the doctors of just flipping. These are everyday normal words. They just put them in a manner that make people actually cry from joy. Yeah, comedy is suggestive. Subjective. Right. Look, you said you, you can't stand Kevin Hart. No, I, I, Kevin Hart has not made me laugh yet. And how long he's been around? Yeah, and people are like lining up for Kevin Hart. He's like, I feel like the biggest star right now. Matter of fact, you know what? I'm glad that Kevin Hart took two seconds off that somebody else could go to work. Now, Anthony Anderson can work, but now it seems like it's only Anthony Anderson, Kevin Hart, and The Rock, and everybody else getting scraps. Well, I would say, if you haven't seen Marlon Wayne's stand-up comedy, and he's in your city, go see it. Marlon? Marlon Wayne, which shocked the hell out of me. I saw him and Sean Wayne at Caroline's. Hilarious. Sean is and, all right on stage, too? Yeah, um, yeah, I have family members that actually prefer Sean over Marlon, but I thought Marlon was on a, in a different area code. He was so good. Well, you know, you're talking about the Wayans. I'm going to bring somebody up in here real quick. Damon Wayans, not the unfunny son, but the original, senior. <laughs> senior, yeah. You have to Google him. Look up his TV show that he had on HBO. Might have been the vilest TV show in the history of television. His TV show or his stand-up comedy? No, he had a TV show that was only on about a year or so on HBO. Oh, I didn't know that. And, you know, you know they're, they're uh, what do you call it, Jehovah's Witness? So I guess he has, like, sexual, um, you know, some, you know, he has sexual problems. <laughs> I mean, because every damn show, he would have a vagina talk to the audience. <laughs> a real vagina. Like, I guess it would be an actress, and her, they would do it like CGI, and her vagina would have a dialogue with us. I was like, this is a sick man. <laughs> this was a very sick David show. Wayne. I don't even remember the name, and I'm sorry to do this to you, but Google is a savior when it comes to things like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love it anyway. If you, they should also check out uh, his his one-man comedy show, um, his special he gave a couple of years ago, because he, he, he doesn't care. He talked about Magic Johnson having AIDS, um, uh, gay, gay, gay earthquakes. He just went in on a few things. Oh, well, that sounds good. Hey, man. Well, we got our first. This is this is a huge weekend coming up. Very huge weekend. Sunday is the first day. Or we, let's, we, we're going to call it the AS. You know, you got after death. It's AS. After Sunday, football is done. What the hell do you do on your Sunday afternoons now? I think basketball comes on early, but mm, I got... I'll just run out 
go places. We have a lot of brunch spots in New York. Or I could actually get in some video game time, which I try, which I try to do every now and then. Well, I'm not a big, I'm not a big, you know what? I got a PlayStation. I got like 11 games. I went out when I brought this PlayStation. I loaded it up with games. Got myself my extra joysticks and everything. I have never turned it on. And this has been <laughs> now three or four years. I have not turned it on. I used to be a big gamer when I was younger. Now, the games, I think they've gotten, be, they've gotten beyond me. Because they're so interactive and people want to be, you know, with you're playing with some kid in Russia or Czechoslovakia. <laughs> and I'm just not with that. I don't want to be so, you know, it's too much signing up. Put it this way, I, I felt like I was signing up when I put this PlayStation on for like 40 minutes before I could get to play a game. <laughs> I was like, the yeah, hell, I now I don't remember none of the passwords. <laughs> for me, it's, it comes in handy because if you play like a sporting game or, or a racing game, you get tired of playing against the computer. So every now and then you can go online and, and play against a, uh, an actual person and test your skill out. And see, the thing that I was doing, I, I played, I was a big uh, Tiger Woods game, because I did play PS1 a lot, and yeah. Madden, right? And I had created this guy. I don't know if you could still do it, but I created this player that I had on my Cowboy team. I think he was like seven foot seven, 490 pounds. He had the fastest speed. He was the strongest <laughs> player. He scored nine touchdowns a game. And then my nephew came over one time and played me. And he kicked my ass on my own system because I couldn't play with the cheat. And I said, I thought I was playing the game. He was like, you suck. And I, I don't think I ever played since. Uh, he, he scarred you. Yeah, he, he destroyed me. And then when my wife beat me at fucking NBA basketball, I said, you know what? I only time I get near a video game is when I'm on vacation and I see an old Miss Pac-Man <laughs> or Gallagher or something like that. But, you know, no, I stink. So don't invite me to any video games because I know guys who do that shit seriously where they go to tournaments on every Monday to play Madden. Yeah. They get in these, yeah. these, these leagues where you like, you win a thousand dollars. Yeah. I have friends that win. Well, they play against each other and they bet they, they don't play for free or fun. They just want to bet and see who could be who. I, I learned a long time ago. It is too late now. I think they're on like Madden 20 or 22 for me to learn how to play Madden or basketball. These guys are just too advanced for me now, and I know to stay away from the sports games. Yeah, matter of fact, the last the, – I'm a first-person shooter. I started out when Doom was the first thing, it seemed like. The last good first-person shooter I played was a game called Black. And I loved it. Okay. All these games revolve around us trying to kill Nazis and oh, ghosts, yeah. <laughs> ghosts of Nazis, like uh, Wolfenstein. Like Castle Wolfenstein was great, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that game, yeah. Now, you know what else happened Sunday? The Walking Dead returns Sunday. I hope it gets better because I felt like the last season, other than that first episode, it let us down like nine different paths. It did nothing really happen. Well, oh, man. You know, I got so many feelings on The Walking Dead. One, I am not a fan of Negan and his bullshit. I think somebody would step to a dude just walking around with a bat at some point. I just think that. I don't care how He's many people the, we got surrounding him. I think it makes 
he, he puts the fear in the people. Two? He, 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 they looking for someone to follow, and then he beats you half sen- senseless and basically enslaves you. Yeah. So they're afraid to step up and, and, and say anything to him. Well, three things for me. One, go to war. It must happen. We can't wait to this, you know, season seven ending and they don't start war. Yeah. Two, yeah. Carol's got to get her head out of her ass. Oh, yeah. She can't be a house grandma. I don't know what the hell is wrong with Carol. Carol done ate all of Morgan's pudding. And Morgan <laughs> is just the worst, man. Why every black man on The Walking Dead, except for the guy that went to 24, who was historic at the last, you know, he, he gave up his life historically, you know, that last episode. But why every black guy on The Walking Dead got to have part bitch in him? Tyrese <laughs> was the biggest babysitter in mankind. And he was the biggest killer. Yeah, he's a babysitter. He <laughs> wanted the baby. Give me the baby. Y'all go kill everything. I'll be here holding the baby. Yeah, I don't know what happened because from what my friends tell me in the comic book, he's like the ultimate killing machine. Then and in got, the series, they made him into like a punk. Yeah, then you got, uh, what's the, hold on. What was the first big head black guy? Uh, oh, he, uh, he was T-Dog. The, D-Dog, the toughest thing about him was the name D-Dog. <laughs> okay, because they gave him a ghetto name, and he was no D-Dog. And then Gabriel is, was a sniveling, sneezy, reverend dude when he first came. Now he talks a little tougher, but he hasn't done anything yet. Yeah, and every other black person been there was the first one to die. Yeah, but the women, the black women are on point. You can go to war with them. But the black men, you got to fucking, you want to lock them in a the closet, go handle your business and come back later. <laughs> well, Morgan will kill you with his, with his he just won't shoot. He, he'll use his stick. He's Donatello. He'll use his staff. You, but you want to know something? He ain't using this. Damn, he barely wanted to use the staff on walkers. <laughs> well, remember, his wife was it, was, it was him that his wife was a walker, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think he was he was keeping her and feeding her for years. Yeah. And you know what? And he had disappeared for many years. And people, you know, they always kept the hope alive, I guess because he's a major character in the comics. And I don't read the Walking Dead comics. The show is enough for me. And I tell yeah, you yeah, what, I after the Walking Dead, I gave up on that. I couldn't make it through the first season. Oh, wait, you're not watching, like, Fear of the Walking Dead? Oh, no, that's the name of it. Horrible. I want them all dead. <laughs> I just want one walker. I mean, he is walking through Mexico. This fucking kid is smearing blood. He's, <laughs> he's having sympathy for them. Then it's uh, a religious thing. I couldn't stand him. Could not stand him. Yeah, and, I, know. Know, I, I just watch it because it's on, and it comes on when no one, nothing else is on. But it, it, the, last, the first season was horrible. Second season got a little better, but just, I think they rushed the storyline. I don't know. Yeah, and then they killed Ruben Blades, and then it was the, the bizarre homosexual uh, relationship with this this captain. Oh, with the, with the captain could, yeah. yeah, he has the boat. I don't know what's going on with him. And then we find out it's just that him and his boyfriend and the mother. And I was like, hey, man, I don't give a damn about none of you. See, I don't even know if the program is still on the air, but I guess you just said it is. So Yeah, it's still on. 
Well, I mean, I don't even. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap this one up for now. It's definitely been a pleasure, as always, Ned. It's a pleasure. You got any yeah, final words just, for the people? Yeah, let me just tell everyone else. Uh, like, like Celeto did earlier. You can go to our Instagram. We might post little teasers on what topics we're gonna discuss. You can get it on the conversation. You can follow us on all forms of social media at Netboy Doc. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we hope you enjoy. Yes, yes. Comments are comments are welcome, people. Pro, con, does not make a difference. We like to hear from you. We definitely do. And once again, it's been our pleasure. And we'll be coming back at you real soon. This is Doc on behalf of Doc and Netboy and our world signing off and telling you peace.